Oh, you clicked on the description of the podcast. You saw that Christmas was canceled. No, not this year. You just can't have anybody over. You got to wear masks and you got to socially distance even with the people inside your house. This is today. Welcome to This Is Today and Merry Christmas to you. Yes, it is December 25th, 2020. This is the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Yeah, Christmas Day today. Uh, you saw the title in the podcast. It says that Christmas is canceled. It might feel like it's canceled this year. It, it's not. Christmas is still happening, and no, you don't have to socially distance six feet away from people in your house, so at least you've got that. Um, But uh, we will be talking about the time when Christmas was canceled, because that actually did happen in the past in the UK, and uh, we've got a professor coming on, because we're a classy show. We have professors on the show, (laughs) yes. Uh, We'll be talking with him later in the program about the time that Christmas was canceled. And he gives us a fantastic story. So I am very excited about that coming up later in the program. Also today, of course, we have the birthday of Jesus. Yes, I've got to say that up front because, you know, that doesn't quite make it into uh, the end of the podcast. But that is why we celebrate December 25th. It is Jesus's birthday today. So happy birthday, Jesus. I'd love to say the age, but, you know, I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, Let's talk about the events for today. Well, in 336, yeah, 336. That's how far back we're going for our first event today. That was the first documented sign of a Christmas celebration. That was in Rome in 336. In 1821, Clara Barton, the founder of the American Red Cross, was born in Oxford, Massachusetts. And you know, born on Christmas, you think about giving. Well, think about how much she gave throughout her life. Okay, well, here's one that's uh, not so giving. Ed Gain was found insane of murder in 1957 on this day. In 1983, the first live telecast of the Christmas parade happened. And in 1990, The Godfather 3 premiered. I hear they're actually doing some re-edits of The Godfather 3 to make some changes. They said that it wasn't quite the movie that they wanted it to be back then. They didn't have the budget for it. And I would say it wasn't quite the movie that I wanted it to be either. It wasn't my favorite of The Godfather movies. Uh, Maybe it'll be Lucas that redoes these and, you know, Han will no longer shoot first. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Speaking of the box office, in 1997, for the first time, the U.S. movie box office receipts surpassed $6 billion. Yeah, billion with a B. I love when people say that instead of, you know, like we're not used to hearing the word billion. So they say with a B. But anyway, I'm going to do it. So I just did it. So whatever. Anyway, uh, yes. What were the receipts this year? They were just $2 billion. Yeah, only 446 releases this year. Not very many movies out there. Not very many movie options out there for us. And not very many open movie theaters out there for us. This was the least amount of movies uh, that we've seen for a significant amount of time since 2000, actually. There were just 439 movies released back then. They made about $7 billion. That's with a B. 
<laughs> back in 2000 uh, for those movies. The number one release this year was Bad Boys for Life. And uh, the number one release, just in case you're wondering, back in 1997 was Men in Black. There you go. Will Smith. He's always uh, pulling it through for <laughs> the movies. All right. In 1997, uh, on Christmas Day, Jerry Seinfeld announced that it was the end for his television show, Seinfeld. If, you know, you want to learn a little about Seinfeld, you can listen to our podcast from this last Wednesday, where we talked about Festivus. Yes, the holiday that was started by the sitcom Seinfeld. Actually, it's got a little bit longer of a history than that, so be sure to listen to that podcast when you get a chance. In 2006, American singer and songwriter James Brown, known as the godfather of soul, died in Atlanta. The odd thing about that death was it took them a really long time to bury James Brown. Uh, much like he did in his shows, he just kept coming back up. No, no, no. They just were trying to figure out uh, some various things about James Brown. They didn't bury him for a long time. I'm not really sure on the date of when they buried him. We'll have to look that up, but I know that was quite some time. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that topic there. It's Christmas. We can't talk about the death of the Godfather of Soul. We've got to talk about the cancellation of Christmas. Wow. Why did I just do that? Yes, it's not canceled this year, but it was long ago. And we are going to learn about that right after this. And welcome back. It's easy to look at Christmas 2020 and feel like the COVID-19 crisis has led to the cancellation of Christmas. It's not canceled. You can still buy gifts, decorate your tree, light up your house, and hang your stockings by the chimney with care. Christmas is not canceled. But one time, it was. Yeah, so if this was the first time it was canceled, it wouldn't be the first time. No, it was canceled actually back in 1647. It was banned in England, Scotland, and Ireland. I'm joined today by Professor of Early Modern History, Martin Bennett from Nottingham Trent University to tell us more about this. Hello, Martin. Hello. Thank you for uh, sharing this story with us. Uh, so what led to the cancellation of Christmas in 1647? Well, Russ, this is a long story, so you can edit it to make it fit. Um, <laughs> it's part and parcel of what we generally referred to as the English Civil War or the Civil Wars in Britain and Ireland. But it's part of the um, end result of the first stages of that war, but some of it stretched way back into the 16th century. Essentially, in, um, in 1639, Scotland and England went to war because King Charles I was imposing a new liturgy, a new prayer book on the church in Scotland. And the Scots universally rejected this and it ended in 1639 in a war which was renewed in 1640 and on both occasions it was the Scots who won. That led to a political revolution in England which in turn led to a civil war in 1642. Now by 1646, the king had been defeated in the war in England as well as the defeats earlier. And as a result, Parliament began to impose a collection of political and religious changes in England. 
And in order to defeat the king, the English had had to um, enlist the support of the Scots. And the Scots made it a condition that in England, the system of church structures that they had would be introduced in England as well. And that essentially meant Presbyterianism. The Presbyterian Church had been formed in the 16th century as part of the Reformation. In England, Wales and Ireland, simply the church that had existed had been adapted and changed. So there were still things that were recognisable to the Roman Catholics, who had been essentially the established church before the Reformation in the 16th century. So you still had bishops, the church services were very similar, certain important church dates were still celebrated but in scotland all of that was got rid of and though you had bishops for a while they were incorporated into a new structure that looks essentially democratic with local parishes electing uh, local representatives to larger organizations and so on until you got to a general assembly now this was what was being introduced in england and what the problem was was that in this meant getting rid of all the holy days and all the saints' days, and that meant Christmas. And so from 1646 onwards, Christmas was officially prohibited in England and Wales. So this got rid of not just Christmas then, like Easter, or the, all these other holidays that people celebrate, I would imagine, right? Some of them were converted into fast days, and other activities would take place, but Christmas was a, a time of... I mean, we, we tend now to celebrate Advent more than Christmas. We have parties and so on leading up to Christmas, in, um, you know, from the 1st of December onwards. But in the 17th century, Christmas was still a 12-day event that began on the 25th of December. And lots of things mm. were recognised were part of that. Eating huge amounts of food, drinking probably more than we should have, but also special foods and decorating the houses with greenery. We didn't have Christmas trees for another couple of hundred years, but we still hung holly, ivy, um, herbs like rosemary would be used to decorate the environment. So, and at the same time, massive parties going on for 12 days until the 5th of January. And this Interesting. was part of what was disliked by the Presbyterians. And we have to remember that Presbyterians will be referred to by many people as Puritans. How did people react to this? Well, in the first year it was supposedly banned, 1646, it was all very quiet. But in, by 1647, Parliament, which had won the war, was becoming a unpopular as well it was there was still because in england up until 1642 there was no such thing as a standing army no no real army everything was a, a militia because of the war an army had been formed and it was expensive and people were still paying taxes for it and they didn't like that so as well as christmas being banned they were getting a bit fed up of the government Mm -hmm. uh, in London, um, the mayor tried to rip down all the Christmas decorations, the holly and the ivy, and he used local London regiments to help him do this. But they were still attacked, verbally assaulted and so on by local people who were really keen on this. And they also, because they wanted Christmas Day to an ordinary day, so they ordered shops to remain open. And so you got armed gangs attempting to get the shop owners to close their shops. And this was also 
happening in, in Kent, which is south of London, and Ipswich in Essex, north of London as well. You're getting armed gangs doing this, um, keeping shops open, partying in the streets, making sure that nobody interfered with Christmas decorations. And we know that's happened as far north as Norwich in East Anglia as well. So across this southeast corner of the country, people reacted very badly to it. How did they enforce you know, banning get-togethers and parties and things like that? Well, they used, um, as well as a, a new standing army, everywhere still had these local forces of what were called trained bands. I mean, the fact that the, the trained bit is a bit of an anathema in some cases, but nevertheless, these were ordinary people who were pressed into military service um, for a few years, but only called out temporarily. But across the country, these were the forces that were being used to um, put down the party. But in, in Norwich, the mayor didn't do that. He was ordered by Parliament to stop the partying and the fun, but he didn't do it. He turned a blind eye to it and it continued. Um, but in, in other places, in Ipswich, it doesn't seem that they were able to stop the fun at all. It was necessarily turning a blind eye, but they just didn't bother doing it. And so people mm. had, this, uh, had, this, um, had these fun times. I mean, it sounds very funny that, that you've got soldiers attempting to tear down Christmas decorations and mobs trying to stop them, but it becomes <laughs> violent. I mean, right. these, these, the young men in Ipswich who were trying to enforce the closure of shops were carrying clubs with spikes in them. So oh, wow. threatening. It wasn't, it wasn't benign and, and, and so humorous. Wow. So the little connections between moments in history with other bigger moments in history is always fascinating to me. How does the cancelling of Christmas impact the rest of the history for the United Kingdom? The Royalists, the supporters of Charles I, didn't really believe they'd lost the Civil War. They didn't think it was over. And they mm. capitalised on the unpopularity of Parliament that was shown during these Christmas riots. And so um, they tried to encourage the young men who'd been anti-Parliament and pro-Christmas into being pro-Charles I. And they managed this very successfully. But the, the stuff doesn't stop in, in Christmas because in the spring, the court cases of the people who were arrested for partying and for breaking the rules, began to come to, the, to, come to court. In Norwich, um, the uh, offenders were supposedly sent to London, but the, um, the town went into rebellion again. And it was so violent that the town ammunition supply blew up, damaging a massive part of the centre of Norwich and killing at least 40 people. When the trial started in Kent, Everybody was found innocent, and that turned into another party, which turned into rioting, which turned into rebellion. So in the middle of 1648, you got the Second Civil War. And the Second Civil War against uh, the King and Parliament um, again ended in defeat for the King. But what it had also achieved was a hardening of attitudes, and the Parliamentarian soldiers including Oliver Cromwell, were incredibly angry that the Royalists had started up a new war 
caused more deaths of civilians and soldiers, all in a failed attempt to re-establish the monarchy as the supreme power in the country. As a result of that, royalists were prosecuted more uh, harshly, and eventually, at the end of the year, Charles I was brought to trial, found guilty of treason against his country in January, and executed on the 30th of January 1649. As a result of that, the monarchy was abolished in England. The House of Lords was abolished in England, and in May 1649, England was declared to be a free state and republic. So in effect, what looks quite fun in, at the end of Christmas in 1647 becomes not only violent and nasty during 1648, becomes revolutionary. And the revolution in, in Britain, in Britain only lasted for 11 years. In 1660, Charles II came back and Christmas was restored in all its glory. But the ideas of the revolution never went away. In that revolution, radical things like uh, uh, democracy, votes for women, all of the things we take as important um, in the 21st century was all tried and experimented and discussed in a way that had never been discussed before. Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting that it just this all sort of started with the holiday. So, okay, we've talked about Christmas being canceled, people protesting, people resisting the government and what they're telling them to do, and a leader refusing to step down. Are, are we talking about England in 1647 or America in 2020? All right. Thank you so much for joining me and a Merry Christmas to you. I can't wait to have you back on the show to learn a little bit more. All right. Let's take a look at our birthdays for today. Dido is 49 today. Rob Mariano, you know, Rob, Boston Rob. I got to go with that from Survivor. He's 45 today. As I mentioned earlier, Clara Barton was born on this day in 1821. Jimmy Buffett is 74. Annie Lennox, 66. Conrad Hilton, you know, Paris is, yeah, you know, Paris Hilton, the Hilton family, yeah, 133 today. No, he died in 1979, so he was born on this day in 1887. Rod Serling's birthday is today as well. He gave us the Twilight Zone. What a great Christmas gift for all of us. Uh, he died in 1975, born in 1924, and Carl Rove is 70 today. That is your look at Christmas Day. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a fantastic weekend. I'm Russ, and I will talk to you on Monday.